0: Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio.
1: My name is Tyler.
0: And today is another installment in our rewatch series. Today we are tackling a game near and dear to our hearts, Tyler. This is a game that we were both in attendance at, at the Swamp. Long time Sideline Judgment listeners will be familiar. This is number seven Auburn coming into the Swamp to take on number 10 ranked Florida from last year's 2019 season. It was homecoming week for the Gators. It was a 330 CBS kickoff. And boy, are we ready to talk about it, Tyler.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Super this pumped. This is uh, bringing back good memories. And this is crazy
0: right. because this is a game that you and I both were in attendance at, and we hadn't watched the actual TV broadcast up until this past week.
1: Not really, yeah, because we, we had been there. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Our memories of this game are from a different angle, I different guess we should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But of, of, of course, Tyler, we're going to start with Quick Kits, as always. Um, let's go ahead and start with the uh, news that Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith has kicked off tight end Rocco Carley from the team. Uh, it was it surfaced this past week that Rocco Carley was seen to have used um, a racial slur and apparently some hate speech. And so he met with Coach Smith met with Rocco um, and after meeting with the team and having discussions, he decided it was best to kick him off of the team. Uh, this is a big big, big thing, especially considering that we are finally seeing a person in authority in the college football world take a stand, not just on a piece of paper, but following through with their actions.
1: Yeah. And, uh, like, we can't be too complimentary in the sense of, like, yeah, it's more of, like, being complimentary that they they did the right thing. Right, but we shouldn't
0: be celebrating the right thing. We should just say good and keep
1: moving. Yeah, that's the thing is like it doesn't deserve us to be like, oh my god, you hero but at the same time, they <laughs> did the right thing. Like right. they they addressed it and and with very swift action mm-hmm. dealt with it. And yep. um, congrats to them. Yeah, congrats oh. to them
0: and we, we hope that programs across the country follow suit in doing yes. the right thing. So very, very um I don't want I mean yeah, I guess proud, but I'm just happy that Coach Smith did the right thing.
1: It's, it's the easy, no-brainer, right thing to do, but the, the, it's just one of those things where, where uh, we're at, with uh, especially with college football mm-hmm. programs in general. It's yep. like the easy, no-brainer, right thing to do isn't always the thing that college football programs do. Exactly. So when one does it, that does feel a little special. So. Right.
0: Especially in a world where, I mean, the whole backbone of player acquisition in college football is literally breaking the rules a la backdropping. It's You can see why this comes as such a, a pleasant surprise to us and college football fans across the country. Absolutely. So, Hey, listen, coach Smith doing really good things on the football field and off the field. Salute to him. Uh, Tyler, let's move East. Let's come a little closer to home. Uh, let's talk about FSU and Mike Norvell. Uh, so Marvin William Wilson, my apologies to say Marvin Williams, Marvin Wilson, future NFL, uh, player. Cause he is a very talented player on the FSU team, uh, senior leader. Um, he said some stuff, Tyler, do you want to fill us in on that?
1: Uh, Yeah, so um, this all comes from Mike Norvell had, uh, on a call with a reporter from The Athletic, had told him basically along the lines that he had communicated with everybody on the team and gone back and forth individually with every um, player Mm -hmm. and had those conversations. Um, And then immediately after that was revealed, as by the reporter, um, Marvin Wilson tweeted in response, like, man, this did not happen. Right. like all they got was a generated, in his words, all they got was a generated text, no real back and forth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then he he said that him and his teammates will not be working out until they, they basically had been apologized to and, and rectified. And, you know, explained. So, there was an explanation yeah. given. And, well, one, I mean, good on you, Marvin Wilson, using your platform, standing up. like it, It's very interesting because, like, there's a world in old college football where coaches could kind of say or do whatever they want and players don't have a way of getting around it. But, mm-hmm. like, now with social media the way and the way things are and the way the sport's covered, players have a lot of power. And that's a good thing. And I'm, like, very happy that Marvin Wilson was able to use his power to, you know, to his advantage.
0: Especially in a good
1: way, right? Yeah. In Mike Norvell's case, I mean, I don't know if he was... I don't know if he was. I don't think he'd dumb enough to lie. Right. I th- I think it's more of a fact that um. Misconstruing his own words and and I mean the first thing you yeah, got think is that like you're not in Memphis anymore, man. Like Oof. you are not in Memphis. You're not in Memphis anymore. Like, like Florida, State Florida State is a
0: sleeping giant.
1: Yeah, and it's like you gotta be careful with the words that you say because, like. They're not going to, it's going to come back to get you. Right. It's kind of like
0: it was lost in translation, but the problem is that because you're at a school like Florida state, because this is a national newspaper, like the athletic, we highly recommend the athletic. We subscribe. Awesome. Awesome website. It's something as big as the athletic. Like you have to make sure that you, your words are exactly what you want them to be. Like don't leave room for this misinterpretation. It's kind of like when we talk about referees and how some fans like to blame referees. Like, As a player, yes, sometimes referees mess up, but you shouldn't put yourself in a position to leave the game in the referee's hands. This is the same thing here. Don't put yeah. yourself, Mike Norvell, in a situation where a journalist can, and not by any of the journalist's fault. This journalist did nothing no, not wrong at all. here. But the interpretation from your players, from fan bases, from other coaches, can be taken the wrong way. So... Lesson learned here, I think, for Mike Norvell. I think it's worth pointing out that they had Florida State had a team meeting, they talked things out, and Marvin Wilson Absolutely. came out and said that Mike Norvell was apologetic and sincere about the way the situation went down, and that he is open and he is respectful of the players using their voices and how they're going to do that moving forward. I think it's important to note out that Marvin Wilson, what he said that what came from this was every single player on the team made a pact that they are going to vote in this next election
2: which so is already
0: awesome. it's, it's, exactly it's incredible already that right there that shows me that mike norvell is not only concerned about winning on the football field but is about is concerned about the players his own players growing up as
1: young men and individuals that are going to be future members of our society you know absolutely so and you know good for him for stepping back and yeah. um giving the players that platform right. and, and listening to them um all coaches would do that um yeah but uh that was what – it's like for like 24 hours we seriously were like is Mike Gravel going to even make it to the season? It was that
0: crazy of a situation when your star defensive player comes out and says, "Oh, we're not doing we're not we're boycotting workouts." Like that's a big deal when you haven't even yeah. played a single game. He hasn't even had a single practice cuz he didn't even yeah. have a spring ball.
2: Like
1: Samori and Terry, their best wide receiver, tweeted images of like Green and orange, with the FAMU colors. Yeah. With like question marks. And I was like, is he going to transfer to FAMU? Like, <laughs> which, I mean, if he wants to, I don't care. But yeah. I was just like, that's the level that we're at. <laughs> right. So it's um,
0: nice to see that this all was a learning experience and wasn't a harmful learning experience. No one yeah, was hurt. Absolutely. It was just a miscommunication. We're glad that that worked out. Um, Tyler, should we move to Jake Fromm?
1: Briefly. Briefly. I'd say. Uh,
0: yeah, I just to know just for the record, since we are it's called a football podcast, thing. So, um, text res- text surfaced over the weekend, over this past week, uh, that seems to be Jake Fromm, and was then confirmed by Jake Fromm that he was caught using. Uh, was there a racial slur in there? Because even if there no, wasn't, but he it, was
1: he was he was having a text conversation with somebody, and mentioned um, that only elite white people. Mm-hmm. The elite white people uh, right. should have, have guns, and that he right there—he didn't use any racial slurs or necessarily like anything negative. But that right there is not really a—it's—it's yeah. it's a situation of he's smart. He
0: knows that he can't just flat out say what. I mean, I—I'm not in the mind of Jake Fromm. I'm—I'm I'm not in his brain. I don't—I can't say for sure what he. Really intended to say, so I'm just going to say allegedly to cover ourselves here. What well, he allegedly may have wanted to actually say, but it's still not right, you know. No, and this also is very, um, what's the word I want to use, Tyler? Uh, very interesting that Jake Fromm was the starting quarterback at a university where Justin Fields uh, transferred over and allegedly transferred because he so he was the recipient to... and the subject of a racial slur at the Georgia uh, facility, therefore granting him immediately eligi- immediate eligibility at Ohio State. It's not very um, strong a strong case for Georgia defenders in that sense. I'll put it yep. that way. So, yeah, yeah, Jake Fromm since issued an apology, which looked like it was written by someone that doesn't have a PR team yet, and um, yeah, there's been no punishment or no more news coming from that end. It'll be interesting to see what the Buffalo Bills say, what the
1: NFL says, all that stuff. Well, from the little I've heard, is that the Buffalo Bills um, have talked to him about it, and they're gonna give him a chance to earn his teammates' respect back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll be checking in on that. He's a fifth round. He's a fifth round pick, so like, it's not. He's a fifth-round pick quarterback
0: that doesn't fit in the Buffalo system. But then I digress. Then I digress.
1: <laughs> yeah, I probably should. Let's just move on Let's from that. Let's just move on.
0: Last thing on Quick Hits is coronavirus-related. Uh, turns out that Alabama Oh, yeah, among... I forgot. We were in a pandemic. Did you forget that, Tyler? Were you, were you aware that there's a global pandemic no, I... still going on? Yep. Uh, Alabama is among some schools with reported cases of coronavirus. I think it's important to note here. Alabama did not disclose this information. Yeah. It was – reported by reporters doing their phenomenal investigative job. Has not
2: been
1: confirmed by the University of Alabama. Has
0: not been confirmed nor denied, I'd like to emphasize. Yeah. Tyler, what happens if there's an outbreak at a big school like Alabama?
1: I think well, I mean the reality is if it gets out, they have to quarantine those players. Yeah. And I saw this raised on a, another podcast I was listening to. It was like, what if you get one guy in your quarterback room gets coronavirus? Now you gotta quarantine the whole quarterback room? What you do you do? Run, are you, are you gonna run Wildcat against LSU? Which I mean I I've I've heard it suggested that the, the 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 champion of this next college football season will be decided not by who is social distanced the best, but by who times out when they have their quarantines the best. Uh, who gets lucky? <laughs> is it lucky
0: or is smart with their disclosure of information? Probably that. I, I feel mean, like this is where it's going. I feel like this is why Alabama hasn't said anything.
1: Well, I mean, like, uh, Dan Mullen was on the Pat McAfee show um, this week, mm-hmm. and he mentioned that they are doing voluntary workouts. They, not everyone's come has come back, and not everyone will come back at the t- time they're not allowed to do voluntary workouts again however all meetings are still over zoom okay like so i imagine that might persist that might continue um right. maybe even into the season where the meetings happen online right so to prevent maybe that help. sitting in the room situation
0: absolutely that could be there all right well i mean i guess that's something that we're gonna have to watch closely and just hope that everyone stays as safe as safe as they can possibly be you know Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tyler. Let's get to what we want to talk about today. Let's talk about Florida Auburn. All right. Let's let's go ahead and go through. For those who, yeah, buddy. For those who are new to the pod, uh, this rewatch series, we have some categories that we use as platforms to talk about the game as a whole. We may not follow these categories in order. We may not have something for each category, and that's okay. This is just our trampolines to springboard us to talk about this football game. We have the best part of the game, in our opinion. We have the worst part of the game in our opinion we have the leonardo dicaprio meme play we have the i'm sorry what fact of the game we have allegedly gambling information we have parallel universe which is what if things went differently and we have at the end where are they now where we take a look at some of the players coaches people involved in the game and see where they are now and what we can expect from them in the future um tyler let's jump right into this uh i want to just talk about before we go into best part worst part and stuff I want to talk about how Jonathan Grenard, on the first play of the game, blew up Bo Nix, and let me tell you, it just... I didn't think the Swamp could get any louder than it was at kickoff and and in the game introductions, but that was one of the loudest sounds I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird because there would be moments in this game even further where... Um... The stadium would just be rocking.
0: Yeah, and let me just but, point that that Grenard moment was the loudest I'd heard it to like to date,
1: like <laughs> so <yeah>. far. <laughs> but I honestly like you forget about that play because <sighs> I mean so much else happens, but it's the first play of the game and he just yeah. rocks him and
0: it leads to a three and out.
1: Yeah. and then two plays later after the plays three later. and out, uh, right. Florida Calatrava hits Freddie Swain and he takes it what like sixty yards for a touchdown.
0: Uh, yeah, it was like sixty-seven yards or something like that.
1: Which that we were hype.
0: We were hype. Let me just let, let's just say it was sixty-four yards for a touchdown. Let me okay. just say, laying down the groundwork. Ty, as you all know, Tyler, and our Flo- Florida alum, very proud of it. Big Gator fans over here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The atmosphere in Gainesville that day was electric. Yeah, it was one of the one of the best feelings I'd had. Um, attending a Gator game, and this is someone who went to every home game for four years. Tyler, you also went to every home game for four years. Um, it was incredible. It was electric. It was. It was. It was big. There was,
1: was, was an energy in the air. Yeah, game um, day was there. Yeah. game day was there. Yeah. Had um, all these people. It was homecoming too, which mm-hmm. usually homecoming is reserved for some mop up opponent, but exactly. uh, Listen, not this year.
0: Three thirty kickoff, which to me the best kickoff time in all of college football. You still I get agree. you get a decent amount of tailgating. You can watch the pregame shows that end at noon. You can tailgate during the first time block of games. You can get into the stadium, and then you're done. You leave around like eight o'clock, eight thirty. You can get your bite to eat, and you can catch the second half of the night game, and mm-hmm. then Pac-12 after dark. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect game time. And in it, Florida, yeah. at least, you get the the nice sun game. You get the sunset. And you get a night game all in one. Yeah. So uh atmosphere electric. The noise, it was popping. It was popping.
1: And I, we had great we had great seats eventually. We, we did. Um, we
0: we got into the student section yet again. Uh shout out to uh, those al- those students that got us our tickets. Um and I think it's important to note that at the end of the game, the game ends 24 13, Florida wins. Uh spoiler alert. Um at the end of the game, ESPN's interviewing Dan Mullen, and Dan Mullen says, like like this isn't the swamp of old like the reporter i forgot who she i forgot her name i apologize but she asked him she says this sounds like the swamp when florida was winning championships you know like this is it reminds me of that sound and he said yeah this isn't the swamp of old meaning the swamp of the must champ era the McIlwain era that stuff this is the swamp like this is the sound that you want you want to come to florida you want to play in a game like this you want 90,000 fans screaming at you or screaming for you this is where you want to come and that just gave me chills rewatching that you know yeah just a phenomenal atmosphere
1: it was it was an excellent uh game i think the the score may not indicate it with the 24 13 Mm -hmm. but it was it was it wasn't it wasn't a close game but it was a game of a lot of swings a lot of emotional moments like a lot of exciting plays not Mm -hmm. necessarily all of them scoring right i mean like we were just talking about the first five plays is pretty is pretty indicative of that um Jonathan Gennard blows up bone Bonex, leads to three and out. Two plays later, Kyle Trask hits hits uh, – in his first pass of the game, hits, uh, throws a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't one of those, like – it's one of those he dumped it off in the middle and then Freddie Swain just took it, which almost, I think, was better than mm-hmm. if he had just, like, had it hit a deep ball. Oh, yeah. Because we were all like, okay, he got it. Oh, 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 he's still running. He's still running. And oh, he, just... he broke him. And then <laughs> and... touchdown gone
0: out of nowhere and
1: for the last like 20 yards of his run we knew he was scoring yeah so like it was a build-up so it was it was great but it's nice the thing about this game that going back and rewatching is um especially in the stadium there were a lot of swings and moments but watching the game i back florida was kind of in control of this game i i i i want to push back on that
0: because okay. I during as I watched most of this game, I agreed there were times when Florida was in control of this game, but I think there was a stretch in the late second and then throughout the third quarter where Auburn was a legitimate threat, and mm. I felt like we were losing control of the game. So that is that's the moment where you start to see um, different players kind of step up for Auburn, right? Jeterius uh, yeah. Whitlow ends up getting the ball, and they are running all over us. 18 attempts, 81 yards. But I know at the end of the day, like that's a decent day. I mean, he averaged four and a half yards a carry, which is a good average. It felt like he ran for a, for a buck twenty five. Like, the, mm. the, you know what I mean? Like not watching the game. Like in the stadium, it was always like, shoot, man, okay, another five. Shoot, another five, another five, and then something defensively would happen, which we'll talk about in a bit that would kind of shift it back to Florida. But I always felt like... I never felt like Florida was always in control. I had this anxiety consistently that Auburn was on the brink of just... Like, if Auburn scores one, shoot, what happens? Like, it, like we want to talk about the interceptions. Like, Kyle, um, Bo Nix throws an interception in the red zone. Like, if he doesn't throw that pick in the red zone and they score that touchdown, to me, this... I don't yeah. know if we win the game.
1: Bo-, Bo Nix would end end the day with uh three interceptions. Florida would have, I believe, five fumbles in the yeah. game. It was eight... Which-
0: turnovers overall and we had four four fumbles
1: four fumbles sorry um i think a large part of this for me is like when i was there in the stadium i was i felt the same way you did Mm -hmm.
2: uh
1: but looking back on the rewatch it did it just felt when i was watching the game that florida was a better team and hindsight being 2020 we know that florida is a better team right but um More so in the fact that I I couldn't feel beyond a couple runs that Mm -hmm. Bo Nix could really get much going.
0: Yeah, Bo Nix really seemed rattled. This was his first true road game.
1: Yeah, and a pretty daunting task at that. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I mean, he did throw a touchdown. He also threw three picks. And the one touchdown came off of um, Dan Mullen calling a fake punt, which did not work. Yeah, Um, Dan
0: Mullen had a couple gutsy plays. One worked, one didn't. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: um and that that one worked worked in which case after after I remember this after the game um he was talking about Dan was talking about the defense and he said they only gave up one touchdown today and that touchdown is my fault. Mm-hmm. Um because he called the fake punt which would have was a gut, which was a gutsy call that didn't need to happen Florida was in the lead. Yeah. Um and he did and they immediately scored a touchdown off of it mm-hmm. uh but it's more it, to me. It just felt like Florida had a more coherent game plan, right? And but they they had control, but they weren't always keeping it. Is the mm-hmm. thing they kept like almost try, trying to give it away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the worst part of the game, if if I can just skip. So go there, ahead. Go to the worst part. Go to the worst part. For me, well, there's 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 multiple like parts that really suck. One of the worst parts of the game was the first fumble. um the first Kyle Trask fumble Uh uh-huh because everything had been going right yeah and you immediately got that sinking feeling of oh my god no it's
0: gonna here it comes here it comes here it comes
1: the most roller coaster play Mm -hmm. was the Derrick Brown fumble where uh Kyle Trask fumbles the ball Derrick Brown picks it up and is rumbling down the sideline no one's near him and he just falls so that to me was that's my
0: Leonardo DiCaprio meme play that's my oh my god look at that and i remember distinctly in the stadium i remember thinking oh man touchdown and then he fell and we like everyone in the student section just
1: laughed yeah especially because our angle because it was the opposite side of the field Mm -hmm. and we're just like well crap and then we're like wait did did he stop what happened it's (laughs) almost
0: like if you if you were to walk away when you saw that he was clear and come back two minutes later you'd be like wait why do why do they have the ball didn't they score and you're like no he fell it's like you wouldn't believe it you know
1: yeah, it, it was crazy because nothing there was. I can't even like see anything when I watch it that made him fall over. Like, no, he, he, he he just he, fell over.
0: Listen, he's a big boy. All right, he's he's a big boy, and and in person he's a big boy. Like, oh my god, that yeah. was one of the things I remember from the beginning of the game, where we knew Derrick Brown was going to be a first round pick. We knew exactly who he was. We knew he was one of the best. He was probably the best defensive lineman in the country. Um, and that first drive, man, when he comes out. And he he actually gets the tackle on the, the first Florida offensive play of the game is a Pirine run. He gets the tackle on Pirine for no gain. And I remember, I remember distinctly looking at you, looking at our boy Zach Gowdy, looking at um, I think Storm was there, looking at Storm, mm-hmm. and saying, "That's a big boy. Like <laughs> he's going to give us some trouble today." Sure he's enough, a big boy. Sure enough, he had two fumble recoveries. Uh, he ate Trask up on a couple of sacks, um, mm. but I think that worked against him in that situation he his way I
1: mean, you know couldn't do you it gotta right. give a lot of credits to the auburn defense uh, yeah. in this game they Agreed. kept them in it mm-hmm. um very talented he was very hard other than one particular moment mm-hmm. um florida couldn't really get any running traction on on them yeah no none, nothing consistent mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with florida's own problems but right. um but i think i
0: think that there's a there's a big thing here where, yes, the Auburn defense was, did a great job. Yes, the Florida running game was kind of anemic, as we would have come to find out later on in the season. Um, but I think it's big and important to note that Mullen did a fantastic job here of exposing the mismatch. There was one place where he knew he had the advantage against this Auburn defense, and that was spreading the field, putting four or five, four, three to four wide receivers out, and having one of the linebackers, who these linebackers for Auburn were very good on run stoppage, but they're not the best in coverage. Yeah, and that is exactly what happened with the first Freddie Swain sixty-four yard touchdown. It was a mismatch, one on one, a linebacker going up against Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain, who ended up getting, who ended up uh, getting drafted, um, ends up doing just a quick four yard slant route inside, and then he just races and beats past everyone because he's fast, you know. That kind of mismatch and finding those weak points in that Auburn defense was smart by Mullen.
1: And the same thing happened in Kyle Trask's other touchdown to Josh Hammond. It was yep. the exact same situation. They were in exact the red zone, in same. the high red zone, and um He does like Kyle. a double move. Josh Josh Hammond is up on a linebacker, he does double move, creates like a three to five feet of separation, yep. gets the ball, easy walk and touchdown. And Trask,
0: and, the best returning quarterback in the SEC, mm-hmm. is gonna make that throw. He he can make
1: that throw. So. Yeah. Um, you watch this game, especially, and it's like, Kalitraff's, just, I, 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 re-watching his stuff, he's really good over the middle.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Which is not something that a lot of quarterbacks are great at. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the best with sideline stuff, mostly only because of his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that's the one area of the field that Felipe Freitz could throw to pretty well because, right. um, he can when you by. have a, when you have a cannon, you can zip it in in that tight space. Yeah. Exactly and use the sideline to your advantage. Which may or... be I th- I think that
0: Mullen will never admit it, Trask will never admit it, Felipe will never admit it. I think that's the reason why he went with Franks over Trask. Because the way that Mullen's offense is designed, he wants you to be able to go that side to side a little bit more and find those like zip it into those pockets, which I think that's the one that's one part of the game that Franks is better than Trask at. So
2: yeah, okay. which we'll see.
1: I'm sure it'll it'll get better. But, but um, listen, we
0: are all Arizona Razorback, uh, Arkansas Razorbacks next year. Like we're all in on. Oh yeah. on my boy. Oh yeah.
1: So. Oh yeah. Um, what was your worst part of this game?
0: I think my worst part, um, and I'm being biased here, uh, was the Trask injury.
1: That was scary. Uh, that was my other one. That like, was we didn't
0: know because it was it. He so we did a hit.
1: in the stadium. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happens. Yeah. Like and like. I didn't even see him really get hit because mm-hmm. he because he gets hit immediately after he throws the ball. So my my eye is following to the, the, ball. the ball, and uh, it gets broken up in Hammond's hands. So mm-hmm. no play. You look back, Kaltrashi is writhing on the ground. Yeah, and, and he's doing
0: the thing where he's he his knees his the the bottom half of his body is in the same spot, and his arms and his torso are all wailing because he's in pain, and that is not a good sign. Now, when I rewatched the game, Tyler, I saw the play where it happened. And if you're watching on TV and it's just me, and that was me looking out for it because I go, oh, we're about eight minutes left in the second. This about is when it I happens. was like, this is about when it ha- I'm going to keep a special eye on Trask. And sure enough, he gets the hit. He gets hit in the knee and he stays on the ground. Like like you like, Now, like you said, in the stadium, scariest moment of the game. You don't know what's yeah. going on. You have zero idea. All of a sudden, you see Emery warming up, and then Emery goes out there. Now, we are very aware of and how much how good Emery actually is. Uh, and I didn't have that much worry necessarily about, oh, is the quarterback play going to dip here? I wasn't so worried about that. What I was worried about was Trask's long-term health. Because these are knee injuries that we're not sure what they are, you know? They say, all, they say it all the time. You can play on a on a strained MCL, on a you can walk on a torn ACL kind of thing, you know. So I was really worried about that. That personally was the worst part. Um, it does have a silver lining because Emory ends up leading us on a really good drive. I think
1: we get a field goal out of that drive. We do. He us for field mm-hmm. goal, and that was the thing. Like so, in the stadium, it, the broadcaster a little bit more aware because when he come when he leaves on his own power, mm-hmm. and he walks back out. Um, they show you. right In the stadium, you're not really privy to any of that information. No, yeah. So until he came back out, and he, we heard it, and they showed it on the Jumbotron that he was back out on the sideline, we didn't really know. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as Trask gets injured, there was, there was a part of me that for about 20 minutes, that 20-minute period, you as a Florida fan have to seriously reconsider what your season expectations should yeah. be. Because now, at that point, we're thinking... That might be a season injury, knee injury. We've lost two quarterbacks. Now we've only got one scholarship, one on the mm-hmm. roster. But yeah,
0: exactly. L- less of the Trask versus Emory debate. It's there's one scholarship quarterback that's available.
1: Just yeah. like these, adjust- these expectations have to change. Like my Leonardo DiCaprio meme play was uh, when Emery throws like a dart, like thirty, thirty yards downfield, right into Freddie Swain's hands. Mm, yes, I was like, mm, yes, because we hadn't. We hadn't really truly, I think, those were two drives where he led the team mm-hmm. in a pivotal moment late in the second quarter in a game that is still going on, not knowing if he's only in there for a moment in time right. or if he's going to get back or, or if it's or if his he's job there now. for the rest of the game. Yeah, he, led the, he moved the ball mm-hmm. consistently. And
0: I think this is, I think these two drives, like, I'm glad it happened because it it calms my nerves long-term. In the moment, I was nervous. Oh, absolutely. Long-term, I know, okay, God forbid something happens to Trask. We got a guy that's able. We're in good hands. This is why we have the argument that we think we have the best quarterback room in the SEC
2: mm-hmm. and
0: potentially two of the best 10 quarterbacks in the conference. That's why we think that yeah. way. But for the Emory needs to get the job right now, right this second, over Kyle Trask supporters – this is kerosene to the fire this is the moment this is it this is is it and i understand it that's the thing i get it i understand you see it you've been on this horse for a while and i i understand it i understand it but that doesn't mean that kyle trask isn't qb1 and that's a whole nother conversation but this is that's my moment where these two drives are just they are sugar to ants man it's exactly what they want it's exactly what they what the fuel that they need so so, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. I have one thing about the Trask injury before we move yeah. on about it. Um I don't scold Dan Mullen. I don't I don't really and everything that Dan Mullen does, I see the reason why and I understand. And if it doesn't go the right way, that's fine. I can live with the consequences because I understand it. I do not understand calling quarterback draws in the fourth quarter protecting a lead when you have a quarterback playing on, what we'll find out is a strained MCL. That is, that is so irresponsible at that
1: point. And I get, I mean, quarterback runs are a facet of the, of the day. I get it. I get it. And I I completely get it. But my, yeah, I, I, in the moment I tried to justify it, like, but I, I still can't really find one. I, I, I can justify the, the fake throwback play slightly. Yeah. In the sense, um, However, I'm still like that's still exposing your quarterback. I don't it's only three yards. I didn't think you needed to to run that play. Yeah. Maybe they just did it for the fans. I think um,
0: I think Mullen I think I can defend that one more because I think Mullen read the situation in the swamp and was like, we wanna we wanna let these people know that we're here to stay. Let's do it. Yeah. Like let's just pull it out.
1: Yeah, and but running the quarterback draws, which I mean if you're gonna run it with one of your quarterbacks, it is better to do it with Emory anyway. Yeah, agreed but I can't really justify that sometimes I think that uh, probably a lot of what happens though Me, de- this is me reading into things that I have no proof of right. but um, I mean, Dan Mullen is often the smartest football person in the room very true sometimes that's not sometimes that's not the greatest thing in the world sometimes he takes gambles mm-hmm. um, gambles that you should be like common sense would tell me not to do that Right. but like, I mean, like, just looking back at the Miami game where uh, Florida gets a turnover and basically if they just run the ball out, they might be able to ice it. it it'd be it's tough. They might need to give it back with a really little time. Mm-hmm. First play, Philippe Franks drops back to pass and ends up getting hit and throwing a pick. And I, it's like, I get it, where he was just like, we thought they were going to expect us to run the ball. We thought we had something. And if not, if not at worst, we thought we would just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um... And then that doesn't happen. Right. And now he, he looks like a fool for taking the, for taking a gamble. Right. Not all the gambles work out. You don't. But generally, you get you get better results by gambling. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't defend the quarterback runs. Yeah. Maybe because if, if if the uh, justification is Auburn's not going to be expecting it. Well, one, they kind of it didn't really matter. Yeah. They have an amazing defensive line. If they, it matter if they expect it exactly. or not. Additionally, you've already lost one scholarship quarterback you, you almost lost your second
0: i feel like you're playing with and five you're gonna um,
1: you're gonna immediately yeah put him back that's yeah. my thing like i love Not you i love him. you dan mullen
0: dan mullen is good at coaching sports he made a mistake there he made a mistake on that yeah. one. um tyler you wanna you wanna let me give you my i'm sorry what facts all right okay um kyle trask receiving stat line one reception for four yards in the realm of nice. Kyle Trask running the football. Do you want to know Kyle Trask's um, rushing stat line for this game? For
1: this I'm game. I'm gonna give you the
0: attempts. I want you to guess the yards. Okay. Eight attempts. How many yards do you think he had rushing?
1: Negative three.
0: Um okay, so you're in the right negative side, but I need you <laughs> to uh to
1: to go a little more with the negatives. It was a rookie number, You gotta pump those numbers <laughs> up. <laughs> negative fifteen. More. What? Negative twenty more. Negative thirty, a little more. Negative,
0: negative thirty-three. Th- 33 <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> negative thirty-three.
1: And, and Dan Mullen is out here sending him to run a quarterback draw, sir. Maybe he just. Maybe he hates. Maybe that's the reason. Dan Mullen always prides himself on his quarterbacks having good <laughs> having good running. He's stats. like he's got to break he's a forty like, yarder. I anymore. cannot end a game with a negative <laughs> rushing stat line for my quarterback. Like, he's got to break a forty yarder. Oh man, he's just. He, it's like a personal pride yeah. thing. He's just like this is oh I was God, going through I is. was going
0: through college football reference and I was like, what stat is like so out there that I could pick it up? And then I saw Cowtras rushing numbers and I said, No, that's fake. I'm like, nah, that's fake. <laughs> um, no, there's, <laughs> there's no way. No way. Sure um, enough. Sure enough. There
1: man. my uh, my stat is mm-hmm. um So there's a play with Bonex. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, Knicks had the ball and he threw an interception okay. in the red zone. Yes, as they were driving. Yes, through to Donovan Siner. I believe that I get, I don't know if I can't get I don't know if this number's correctly, absolutely correct. But there, I think it was around twenty-ish plays in all of college football last season, where the defense had only ten men on the field.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I remember and that. And had
1: to and played the play with mm-hmm. it. One of in one of those plays, Bonex threw an interception. <laughs> Bonex threw an interception in the end zone when there was one less guy on the field. If that's not i I'm
0: sorry, what fact? I don't know what to tell you.
1: That bro- broke me. It's like what? Like, I mean, and I'm not saying this to like harp on Bonex, He was a freshman in his first and, game. And we'll talk about we'll talk
0: about and we'll like, talk
2: about
1: in the uh, where are they now? I want I do want to talk about Bonex yeah. a little bit. But it is a little bit of a like uh how you throw an interception in the red zone when they're missing a guy. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. That's, it's just DBU. I don't <laughs> know what to tell you. And it was like he, he they were doing like five Auburn was doing like five wide two. I'm like you have an advantage. Yeah. Like find the open guy. I don't know. Find the open guy. I don't know, man. But I mean Auburn's offense is weird, so Yeah, very
0: true. Um, um hey listen, I've I've done my worst part. I've done my Leonardo DiCaprio meme, I've done my I'm sorry what. I'm missing my best so have part. I. Have you done your best part? I haven't done my best part either. Tyler, what was your best part of this game? I think we may have the same one.
1: It there's only one There's only answer. one answer. It's the LaMichael P. Ryan And I down think run. even fourth, fourth quarter I run. think
0: even more specifically, it's the footage on Twitter capturing the LaMichael P. Ryan 88-yard touchdown run. Yes.
1: Cuz there's two escalations of the of the stadium when it happens. If like,
0: if listen um, NFL, college football, all you leagues that are going to play without fans or minimal fans this year, take note. The way you pump in crowd sound is the way that the Florida fans, us included, reacted watching this play happen. Go ahead, Tyler.
1: So, it's, it starts off as a, as a very simple zone run um, and Florida had been building that play up all mm-hmm. game and eventually one just broke loose because the mic appear on is awesome. Uh, but he, the first thing he does is he breaks through the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. by ducking uh, an Auburn linebacker, mm-hmm. and that's an outburst of the crowd like, oh, okay, we got yeah. something, we got something. And then the crowd immediately, because everybody's brains are thinking this and they can see the field, immediately you can immediately identify that he's going to the sideline, he's got one man to beat. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment where it's like, is Auburn it's taking the right angle? Is he going to be able to make the tackle? Is he just is he just going to get mowed past? Is he is he going to corner? Is Michael Piran going to cut? And you have like a second where you're just watching this develop, and the crowd's really excited because it's a big thing. And then the moment that the Mike stimmies stimmies and shakes him to get right past that Auburn safety, mm-hmm. the crowd noise doubled, triples even. That was and it was already insane. Oh. Like and that because you knew you're like he's gone. Yeah. And you still got like sixty yards. And you know no one's catching them. No one's and, catching. And
0: here's here's and... the best part too. What the cameras don't tell you, what we often forget, what the Twitter video doesn't show you, is that that is the first offensive play back after the third quarter ends. It's the first play of the fourth quarter, Tyler. Which means that we've sung, "We're the boys." We've sung, "Tom Petty's won't back down." The crowd is into it. The crowd is pumped. We know we're protecting a lead. We got the ball. And then the Michael P Ryan burst for an eighty-eight yard touchdown run. That like
1: Mag- magical I, moment. I
0: have goosebumps right now talking about it, Tyler. It's it, that's I literally, euphoria. I literally do too. It's, oh my it's god! It's euphoria. It's that is the. Listen, I I I was in the in the stadium for fourth and fourteen. Um, I was in the stadium for the hail mary to Tyree Cleveland. I was in the stadium, um, when the Ole Miss, the Ole game. Ole Miss game, the Ole Miss game, which was whew, that that's a whole other conversation. I was in the stadium for those three games. That moment right there—that is the loudest. The I personally, in my 24 years of, of life, that is the loudest the swamp has ever sounded. And it was the and I got the same feeling when I rewatched the game. That's another thing that we we forget yeah. about. Like everyone talks about, oh, the swamp is loud. The swamp is loud. When you're in the swamp, oh boy, is it loud. When you're oh, watching yeah. it, the game on TV, I'm like, wow, the set. The, the, it has to be X amount of loud. For you to be like, wow, it's loud in there from your television screen.
1: Yeah, to note it from to your note television it from screen? Your TV screen.
0: The announcers Cause... were having trouble speaking; they were yelling into their microphones after the P Ryan because it was it was so loud in the stadium. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It was,
0: it was just this, it was this euphoria, and I hate to to be so like this was the moment, but I think this is the moment Florida football was back, like yeah. that run.
1: We like to. We like to, to talk about um, the the win over LSU, 2018 was certainly a big moment. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Um, that was. The, you have to give me, I, you yeah, speak it it. me. It was similar. It was it, that was a good game. It was cool. There were a lot of great moments, and at the time, that was a Swamp is back moment. But it was nothing like the Auburn yeah. game um, with the, with the with the throwback uniforms mm-hmm. and Homecoming. the... Homecoming and college game day, and it's Auburn. We haven't played Auburn in forever, and we hate Auburn. It's an Auburn. old rivalry. Um, People
0: forget that. That is an yeah. old
1: – My dad hates Auburn.
0: Because – and I think your dad hates Auburn because one of the things that they showed on, this, on the broadcast was right before kickoff, we played every single year up until, like, 2003. Like, we played, like, 80 yeah. years in a row. Like, we've played them more times than we've played LSU. We've played them more times than we've played Miami. Yeah. We've played we, – it, there's some history that goes back and now we o- we only play every seven years and we alternate home sites so this was a game you yeah. wanted to be at
1: and it's so cool too just because there's a the florida auburn rivalry has a lot of big moments there's the patrick nicks leading the comeback against the game his father bonix's father was so my parents were there for that really game. and yeah and they're like uh my mom and son is like it was so infuriating she's like <laughs> Because he Patrick Nix was awesome in that game yeah. and it was so it pissed me off so much. <laughs> well it's nice um, to know
0: that they were also there for the Bo Nix game, which
1: is nice. Yeah, and, and additionally, uh Florida um C Spurs Heisman moment was against Sovereign.
0: Yeah, the um the sixty six the, the kick, the, kick, the, the stub toe field goal.
1: Yeah. And I mean and then there's this game which is absolutely incredible and I mean additionally another thing the cameras don't tell you about the little Michael Pirine run, is that Michael Piron, who's from Theodore, Alabama, yeah. was told he couldn't go to Auburn by Gus Malzahn yeah. because he was too slow.
0: I remember I remember after he scored, I think I think you stood up, Tyler. And full disclosure, sideline judgment listeners, we were pretty entire, we were a little intoxicated. There was there was some yeah, yeah, was yeah. Like, we'd been tailgating for a few hours before the game. We may have snuck in some stuff into the stadium, you know, it is what it is. Um yeah. but allegedly. But um We're
2: still college yeah, students exactly. at heart.
0: I remember you stood up and you said, Gus, is he fast enough? And I died laughing because I knew exactly what you meant. I knew it's like you, you Storm knew what you meant. Um, I think um, Tyler, Michael was Michael with us. Was with us. And Michael and... saw us, was with us at this point, friend of the pod, Michael Phillips. He understood you. And I think medium income Bucks fan, Tyler Renfro was with us and he understood that too. Like that was, ugh, it was a moment, easily the best part. Like I, I was taking notes and the first thing I wrote was P Ryan run. That was the best moment, for sure.
1: Um, I mean, it's got to be. be. like
0: Man, that was such a good yeah. euphoric moment. And that really sealed the game right there. That's what made it 24-13.
1: Because, yeah, it, it was an 11, 11-point 11 game. Listen. That's that's a, that's a two-touchdown game. An 11-point game like, in the
0: fourth quarter in a big game in the Swamp, it's going to take more than a Gus on offense to beat us. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, the only – this may be – I may be going out on a limb, but with a two-possession lead in the fourth quarter in a big game – at home against Florida, you need Deshaun Watson, you need Lamar Jackson, you need, um, I, I would say Peyton Manning, but he couldn't do it either. You would, <laughs> <laughs> you need you need Tom Brady, you need you need one of the great quarterbacks to do a comeback in that position. Yeah. game was over right there. Game was over right there. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: yeah. That that was that was the moment. Yeah. and that's thing. There's still the whole fourth quarter yeah. left. But exactly. We I mean we knew that was the I was like. It's over. Yeah, that like, was it.
0: That was the moment. Can I give you a little a little bonus best part? Yeah, go ahead. The Dan Mullen post-game locker room celebration.
2: Yeah, he was yeah, dancing that was in the locker
0: weird. room. That was good. Another bonus best part, leaving the stadium. Leaving that yeah, stadium. Because yes. everyone stayed till the end. It was packed. We were walking out. I remember walking with um with the Auburn fan. You know in the, in the student section there when you leave, it's super crowded after a big game. Everyone yeah. was high fiving, everyone was yelling. There were some Auburn fans in there. We were heckling them, but they were nice. They weren't, you know, disrespectful or anything. We weren't disrespectful or anything. Yeah. It was fun. It was just a good, euphoric, like, oh, the Gators won. Yeah. The Gators won. One
1: of my one of my favorite things, um, an underrated feeling mm-hmm. is when you win and you're walking out of the stadium and everybody's shuffled together in in the in the walkways in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And somebody starts a chance. Mm-hmm. And then it, it like within nanoseconds, like echoes through the entire hall. The all the stairways throughout the inside of the stadium are singing it yeah. because we're all just walking in the same direction very slowly. What else are we gonna do? And we're all high on victory. It's got to it's so, be um, seven
0: thousand people yelling. It's great to be of
1: Florida. Like a Florida everyone's yelling. Game. It's great. Yeah.
0: I, I like to think that the the players and the coaches can hear that from the locker room. I like to think that. I would like I like, like think to so. Think
1: so. Um,
0: all right, Tyler. Let's let's move forward. We did best part. We did worst part. Leonardo DiCaprio mean plays the I'm sorry what facts. You got I did mine. You did I did mine.
1: I remember I told you my I'm sorry what moment was just Oh uh, wait, yeah, no, I, I my I'm sorry but what moment was the interception when there's only ten minutes on the exactly field. Yeah, yeah yeah Mine was like how you how you do mine that. Mine was just
0: Kyle Trask running stat line. To me that's hysterical. Eight attempts, <laughs> negative. Amazing. Yards. Um Tyler, a quick allegedly gambling info. Can you guess the line for this game? kickoff before the game started
1: wasn't it auburn like was like a three-point favorite three and a half yeah and And that's which we all thought was ridiculous
0: listen the rule is the home team gets three points so for auburn to be a three and a half point favorite means that they thought it would really be like a six-point game which is yeah. disrespect, just straight disrespectful. The whole week leading up to it, I was like, "I'm mad at this line. I'm mad at this
1: line. I'm mad at this line." Well, the thing, the whole week leading up, I just had this feeling. I remember this like I was like, "We're gonna win this game." Yeah, we were so confident. Like, everything going into it, they we, announced we the homecoming, the homecoming throwbacks. Yeah. Like you and I, we were just kind of like, uh, like we might not win LSU, we might not win Georgia, which we ended up not winning either, but um, not for lack of trying but i just had i was like we're going to win the auburn game yeah. like there's there's too much going into it yeah um, I mean, we had a,
2: we were we and had I a also also
1: strong. i had a lower i had a lower opinion of auburn than i think most people had because they were still both these teams were still undefeated at yeah. this point yeah
0: and auburn was ranked 7th um, we were ranked 10th
1: yeah and not that I didn't think auburn was good but i was just like auburn's not it's just, i i think florida was better yeah, and me too. they
0: were i thought yeah. it was funny that at game day we went to we went to game day for probably about the last half hour, we showed up um, to watch to watch the picks, which was cool. Um, yeah. But I remember distinctly Kirk Herbstreet, who we respect and we think is a great analyst. Um, Kirk Herbstreet literally went out and said, like, I wanted to, I was picking Auburn before and I'm here in Gainesville and I realized this is one of the best home field advantages in the country. I'm picking Florida. Like he his pick flipped because he got there and realized, oh, the energy here is completely different. Like, it's yeah. it's one thing to watch this game from Bristol, Connecticut. It's another thing to be in Gainesville to watch this game. So, yeah, that's why that was – sports are great. Just – why sports are great. Um, Tyler, let me ask you some parallel universe questions, okay?
1: All right, hit, hit me. All
0: right. What if Trash doesn't come back out?
1: Both – If Trash doesn't come back – Both in the game okay. and then for the rest of the season, what happens? So, in the game, I still think at that point, because he had had um, – at that point – Florida was up. Uh, well, had scored fourteen points. Mm-hmm. They would get the field goal with Emory score seventeen. So from that point on, we're basically judging. Right. Um, there would only be one more score in the game. Um, it was a Lemieux Piran run, and I think I think that I think that Florida would have won the game, mm-hmm. but I do, I think it's, I think they just wouldn't have scored another touchdown. Maybe another field goal. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those situations where Florida, like Auburn didn't really prepare for Emory Correct. Games. Like, and that's why you always got, you always got to take a bit of a step back when these backup quarterbacks come in and they sling it around because the defense does not prepare for the backup quarterback yeah. on most situations. That was why, that was the so, big concern
0: when people were talking about Trask being the starter long-term um, in the Kentucky game.
1: Yeah. And so, I think that Florida still would have won. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, I still think that Florida loses the LSU game. I still think that Florida loses the Georgia game. And I think they may have one more loss in them. Uh, I was looking back to my mind. Although, uh, I mean, possibly just because it was relatively close. um, The South Carolina game possibly. I was
0: rewatching that game the other week. It was on SEC Network. And I forgot how close that game was until the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, and then the, the Florida scored, like, three yeah. straight touchdowns. And it was
0: and there was a lot of weather that was going on there, and and it was raining. and So, you're
1: right. And that's that's one of those things that, like, Florida, in that game, Florida just had to, it was one of those things, Florida just had to stay close, and then by the end, their talent just went out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that happens with Emory Jones. I don't know. But I, I think you have to lower the expectations. Because in the stadium, I, I, was, I remember talking to my friend about this, he's like, you know, I had us as, like, a 10-2, 11-1 mm-hmm. team in my mind with Trask, Trask goes down, me not knowing if he's going to come back, I'm like, I'm going to have to adjust my expectations. This is probably an 8-14. And, yeah. like, and for no fault of it being talented or anything, it's just, you got one scholarship quarterback yeah. now. Yeah, you're right. And you don't know if he's good. You're right. I think we think he is, but... There's there's no um, in-game so proof. I, th- I think Florida loses maybe at least one more game. Maybe the bowl game, too. Maybe the bowl game. Uh, well, yeah, could have been. Well I mean at that point we wouldn't know if we get the same
2: bowl games. I, I don't know, bowl games are hard. And days. I was I was I
0: day. was there. Um it's a possibility, but um Trass didn't play his best That's... game in the bowl game. And, and we still, still won. won so. And um what's his name? Virginia quarterback. Bryce,
2: Bryce, Bryce Perkins.
0: Perkins just had a god level football game. <laughs> like yeah. he played his way onto a practice squad with that game. Um okay. What about here's another question. What if Derek Brown scores? What if the the big boy scoop and score actually what if he doesn't fall <laughs> over? Because right there, that, that changes things. They, that's a touchdown on the board for them. That's a touchdown that they didn't mm-hmm. have. Let's say let's say Trash doesn't come back out, right? And they they end up scoring. Then I, then
1: I think that Auburn might And win. then it's a
0: one-possession game in that – let's say Trash does come out, and the only thing that changes is Derek Brown scores. It's a one-possession game in the fourth quarter.
1: In this situation, because I feel like in, in my mind, the only way that Auburn wins this game mm-hmm. with the way that everything was is holding on late. Yeah. And with how good Auburn's defense is, I think if you were to give them the lead in the fourth quarter, it would be hard for Florida to get it back. I'm not saying impossible, but like I got to think that Auburn might be able to hold on there mm-hmm. because they're not really trying to do anything on offense. They can just rely on their, on their defense, which has got an excellent defensive line and an okay secondary, like a talented secondary. Yeah. Um, but at that point, part of the reason that you're able to use mismatches on linebackers and things like that is because early in the game the opponent doesn't know what you're gonna run. Right. But if you're in the fourth quarter and you're up and you know the opponent has to pass to win, you're more you're more prepared to stop mm-hmm. it. So I think that if that if Derek Brown scores, that could I think especially since it was earlier in the game, I think that might have been the change.
0: Yeah. Point. And I guess that goes the same thing goes for what if Bo Nix doesn't throw a pick in the red zone. Or even more, what if and I forgot the Auburn receiver that caught the bomb, that put them on the seven-yard line, doesn't trip. Or if he stays yeah, up? but if he just scores on that play. I think that's an even bigger one because that not only... I forgot about that That play. not only is a touchdown, that's a big momentum play right there.
1: And momentum is a huge thing in college uh, in, football. In football. Yeah. I know that some people don't yeah. believe that, but... Um... I, I can
0: defend the NFL. It's not as big in the NFL because they're professionals and they're grown to men, but when you're dealing oh, with 18, 20-year-old guys in college football, yeah, college football, definitely momentum is a thing so yeah you're right i guess same same result i would imagine right yeah
1: yeah same same result as the derrick brown situation yeah yeah it's it's auburn needed like one or two more explosive plays now reality what they needed is more consistency Mm -hmm. um in in their in their offense Uh, but one or two more explosive plays that could have been in a better position to win all right one last one tyler
0: flip the results of this game let's say auburn wins and florida loses what does the rest of the season for both teams look like? Because mm, now, now here we're going with, I still think we lose to LSU and Georgia. So right there, you lose yeah. three games in a row, three conference games in a row, and the momentum is just all the way down.
1: Yeah, I, I think that Florida finishes at max nine three, mm-hmm. then, because I still don't think that... I don't think if if we lost Auburn, that would spur us to a victory against LSU or or, or Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like I still think that that is losses on those two teams. Right. So, and for that, I mean, nine three is the max. I, I think that they'll probably win the rest of their games. Um, but then, here's the thing: then there's there's not really progress. Mm-hmm. You're just back to being nine and three, right? Which is what we were. What was what the Gators were in 2018, and they improved mm-hmm. on it. Um. Well, I think the team would be better. I think that that's like this game is a big turning point because in the image of Florida football, mm-hmm. um, and the momentum of of the team as a whole mm-hmm. uh, for being able to win on that national stage. Right. And I think that for Florida side, um, this game is huge considering they will lose the other two and cementing them as a top ten team mm-hmm. still. Yeah,
0: and and kind of establishing um, um, Dan Mullen like Dan Mullen. That's he, he's getting it done. You know, he's getting it done
1: workouts. Yeah. Uh, For Auburn. Can I give
0: you the other Auburn losses that season? Yes. At LSU, 23-20, a three-point game, which I think people forget that that game was so close. And then a seven-point loss against Georgia at home, 21-14. And then they lost to Minnesota in the bowl game. But bowl game is a whole other conversation.
1: I think it's going to sound weird. I don't think that they would have beaten LSU, even though that was a closer Mm -hmm. game, technically. Because watching that game it's like cause I remember watching that game and while Auburn was stayed in it because their defense is amazing right. um lSU moved the ball up and down on them they just couldn't score yeah. uh so i think i th- I think also one of those scores like that last touchdown that they scored mm-hmm. auburn came very late um so but i I think with this win with a little bit more mojo, I think Auburn might if, if 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 we're living in a world where Auburn won this game, that means that Bonix played better. Yep. And in a world where bonix played better, he got better throughout the season, he makes the one or two more throws that he needed in the Georgia game.
0: Mm-hmm. So you th- so you still this, think I
1: think this could have I think this could have been an eleven win team. So you still think lost to L S U, but they probably yeah. beat Georgia. Which Yeah I think they have a much much better shot of beating Georgia.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say which would help us, but no, not really, because in that situation we probably still lose to LSU in Georgia, so it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked for us. But whatever. Anyway, say lovey. All right.
1: It's just a more and more demoralizing. Yeah.
0: All right, Tyler, last thing I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about these players and where they are now, right? There were a lot of players drafted um coming out of this game. Uh Derek Brown, obviously seven overall to the Panthers. Uh CJ Henderson, who was pretty quiet this game, but that's because Nix didn't throw his way. <laughs> Um, Went nine overall to the Jags. Uh, Freddie Swain, who made that big play, to uh, second play of the game for the touchdown, uh, gets drafted to the Seahawks. Uh, LaMichael Pirine, big run, goes to the Jets. Jonathan Gernard from that first play of the game goes to the Texans. Um, Jabari Zuniga goes to the Jets as well, but he did not play in this game. Big injury. Remember, he had that injury. I just want that pointed out. Which
1: was a concern for for us when we were watching it. Which was a concern.
0: Yes, you're right. Because all that running that we had talked about, right all the all the running yeah. the Jatarius Whitlow running probably wouldn't have been as effective if you had Grenard on one end and Jabari on the other you know so yeah, absolutely makes sense there uh, all right real quick at the end let's look forward to these two quarterbacks Bo Nix going into a second year what are you expecting
1: I actually think they're gonna uh, he'll be a lot better mm-hmm. this year I think that I mean for all that he is he was still just a true freshman last season and it's really going to be a testament because he oftentimes what happens with these with players is they come in as true freshmen and they're really good as true freshmen, but then they never get better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there's there's a mentality thing when we evaluate true freshmen in, in a matter of if they make a mistake, you're just like that's just a freshman mistake, he'll get over. Mm-hmm. It. But once you're a sophomore, you're like you should have that that true freshman mold kind of goes away. Right. And so I I think Bo Nix will be a lot better because Chad Morris is coming on to help with the offense. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still going to be the Gus Malzahn offense. It always is. It's never not. I want to see Bo Nix in a different offense, man. I want to see him in a real offense too. But like, I do think I don't think it's gonna. I don't think Chad Morris being there helps him develop his real. It being a real offense, but it is going to help him with his passing game. Because Auburn runs a really simplified passing Mm -hmm. game, and. They run a very, you know, wacky and diverse running game, and they're great on the ground. Right. But their passing game is really simple. It's, it's very lackluster. Um and I think that Chad having Chad Morris will help diversify that aspect. It's still gonna be the Gus Miles on offense, but I think that he'll have more options. He will be better. Mm-hmm. Um the thing I don't know if Auburn as a team will be better though, because they lost a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, a lot of talent. And I think he could, he I think he's gonna he's gonna have like I remember saying a while back he's Sam Ellinger mm-hmm. like he's gonna have a very storied career probably like some maybe he'll make an SEC championship at one point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be like one of the all time favorites for the fan base but I mean he's not how much is that gonna get you right yeah like like I don't think that Sam Ellinger is gonna win Texas a national championship or a Big Twelve championship. Mm-hmm. Um, same way I feel about Bo Nix, but like he has a chance because he fits a similar mold—like athletic, can throw, but develop needs a lot of development. And um,
0: and they have that advantage where they grew up fans of those teams. Bo Nix because his dad went to Auburn, and uh, Ellinger because he's from Austin. Like he grew up a Texas yeah. fan. So you're right on that one. You're right on that. Uh, let's
1: and uh, let's let's talk about
0: Trask. Let's wrap it up with Trask
1: okay we have now do you do you want me to be like realistic or like super homer? Uh i want you to be realistic on this one we will have our homer kyle trask conversation later be realistic Because i was gonna say because i was gonna say it's um...
2: <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> well start anyway, making start making room to next to tebow
0: um <laughs> what, do you, what do you see realistically happening happening this year? Just Kyle Trask, not Florida as a whole, whatever. Just Kyle Trask. What do you see? Just Kyle
1: Trask. Um, I think that he, fitting in the mold of most Dan Mullen quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I think his raw stats will not be as good, but he will be a better quarterback. Go. Yeah. If that, that makes sense, makes sense to me. That happened with Tim Tebow, the, uh, his junior se- coming from a sophomore to his junior mm-hmm. season, not as good stats, better, qu- but he played this position, better. won a title. Dak Prescott. His, the the number one in the country year was his junior year. Um, senior year. Not as great stats. Dan Mullen said on record he was a better quarterback that mm-hmm. year. He played the position better. Um, Felipe Francis was even kind of doing that to a degree. Mm-hmm. His first season with Dan Mullen. And then go into second season, we only got two three, and a half games of it. But I I felt he was playing it a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he had developed. His stats Don't weren't there. Right. So I think... And I think Kyle Trask having so many good receivers this last season. Right. He won't have quite as many. He still has a lot of talent. And, you know, things might change around him. But I think that his stats may not be as good, but I think he will be a better quarterback. He's been working a lot this off season. Mm-hmm. Um Training in, I don't know where the QB camp is, but training with uh, Derek King, um, his high school teammate, who's the quarterback in Miami now. Yeah. Uh and I think, I I th- that's that's basically my my thoughts. What are yours? Um,
0: I think the same thing. I think Trask is going to take the reins of this. I think he'll prove a lot of people wrong in terms in the camp of, and this is just within Florida fans, among the camp of we need to start Emory right now. I think he'll prove people wrong in the sense of he's gonna get the result. It's gonna get done. The job will get yeah. done. Florida will win football games. Florida will compete for, um, will compete for the SEC East. And I think the real make or break for Kyle Trask this year is the Georgia game. Does he show up in the Georgia game? Does it work for him? Does he win us the football game or does he put us in a position to win the football game? And I think if he does that, the season's a success for him
1: personally. Yeah, I, I, I I agree. That's my opinion on that. I agree. And, uh, I think, I'm very excited to watch it going forward. It's exciting to have Dan Mullen as your head coach because you're always excited to see how the quarterbacks hundred percent turn out. They're always good, at least in some past. Like man. Uh, he wins with them, and it'll be very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see. Um, I'm very excited. Like, and I mean, I mean, I'm pretty high on Florida this season. Yeah, as as we both are, uh, but. A lot of that honestly has to do with, with everything going on in the world with the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has to do with, A, having a quarterback and offensive system already in place. Consistency. And, B, having a culture. Yeah. Like, a culture of hard work. work Relentless uh, effort. Of earning it. And I think that uh, Kyle Trask is kind of the perfect guy for yeah. that. So. We shall see. I don't I don't actually think he's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> but
0: no, there's there's some players I'm out there. I'm not ridiculous. There's some players out there that might win the
1: Heisman over him, but I would... Sidebar, who, who do you think is going to win the Heisman right now? Who would you take Gun right to now? Go ahead, Travis Etienne Jr. I would take uh, Justin Fields.
0: Justin Fields, okay, cool. Awesome. I could also yeah. see Trevor Lawrence being like, oh, you guys thought I was bad last year? Cool. I'm going to just rip it apart.
1: Trevor Lawrence is the same thing with me. That's the other thing with Trevor Lawrence. I'm like you having Travis Etienne Jr. on on your on your team. It, it might really diminishes might your odds of getting a Heisman, yeah. which is fine because like you don't need a Heisman to. I mean, he already, he's already won an national he championship. Like he's he's the um, number one overall pick next year. Like he we get it. He's yeah. the best
0: quarterback in the country.
1: I think I I just think that with at, at Ohio State without J.K. Dobbins, they would also take up shine. True. I think I think Justin Fields is good. That's be. true. That's very true. I, I he's just the clearest cut like that's the guy. Granted, Joe Burrow won the Heisman last year. Yeah. And Kyler Murray won it the year before. And none of us were really predicting that's that. True. Yeah, okay, you know what? Spencer Rattler, he's gonna win Spe- the Heisman. <laughs> back to the OU consistency.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, man. Let's uh listen, that is
0: everything we have on our Auburn Florida rewatch. Uh it was so much fun watching this game, Tyler. It was so awesome. much
1: fun. It felt, so many memories. So many. Um wishing I could be back. Yeah and it will not be i mean we'll be back to the, to the swamp yeah, soon we will hopefully we, uh, we, uh. we talk off
0: the air about how we'd like to go to one gator game a year whether that's at the swamp or on the road we we want to kind of maintain and keep that up this year probably won't happen just because of the whole coronavirus situation but uh i am very excited for the next time that we're able to watch our gators in person together tyler very excited um All right, let's finish this episode up quickly with our tweets we've shared. If you don't mind, I would like to go first, Tyler, because it is very similar to what we just talked about. This is a tweet you sent me from Matt Miller at NFL Draft Scout. We know him. Great Twitter account. Great follow. He says, Florida could be very good this year. Trask flashed hard and looks very promising. If his development continues, the, the offense is explosive. Defense is loaded, too. O-line doesn't appear super strong, but they'll be a big-time competitor and will be a preseason top-10 team. And that leads me to saying, if the offensive line gets it clicking, watch out.
1: Watch I agree. Watch out. out. I mean, Lorenzo Lingard is... is uh, Got his um, eligibility. ...clear to, cleared yes. to play now. Um, now, that is the thing with Florida going forward that they really need to evaluate how they recruit running backs because they're not getting any. But, that's an, that's um, a...
0: We could talk about that in another pod. <laughs>
1: But that's that's not going to matter for this Correct. season. Um, my tweet is actually in a similar vein, since we're kind of talking about quarterbacks the last mm-hmm. little while. Um, you sent me, you sent uh, me the Fox College Football. Here's how the Big Noon Kickoff Crew and the College Football on Fox fans ranked their preseason top five QBs, and I'm going to go through all the lists and we can kind of okay. talk about them. First one up is uh, College Football Fan, College Football on Fox, the fans, the fan voted um, best quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Number one, Justin Fields. Number two, Trevor Lawrence. Number three, Sam Howell. Number four, Keaton Slovis. And number five, uh, Spencer Rattler. Um, quickly,
0: after Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, actually, you know what? No, I'm just going to say it now. These fans don't know what they're talking about. Because yeah. three, four, and five, I love Sam Howell. I adore Sam Howell. Future Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Sam Howell is our guy. Um, but there's no way he's the third best quarterback in the country right now. Uh, Keaton Slovis, great. All right, I understand it. Uh, Spencer Rattler, who hasn't played a single down, like a meaningful down, doesn't make sense. Also, they got it wrong. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the country, not Justin Fields.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not surprised that the the Fox fans (sighs) did that because you you, you know know, how
0: it is. All right, so did it on that one. What else about it, Tyler? What else did you want to mention? Which other people?
1: So the next one is Urban Meyer. His number one is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Sam Ellinger, Kedon Slovis, Kyle Trask. Really. He he salvaged that list, so he kind of turned it back around. Here's the thing. Kyle Trask is appropriately ranked
0: at number five. I will agree. I just I just think that Ellinger and Slovis
1: are overhyped over overranked. Over you could you could argue for them for five as well, and I would understand it. See, I can argue... Uh, I understand why Ellinger will get ranked above these people because Ellinger has had more time. He's mm-hmm. more knowledgeable. Right. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, Joel Klatt's list is uh, Trevor Lawrence 1, Justin Fields 2, mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger 3, Spencer Rattler 4, Keaton Slovis 5. This man
0: must live in Phoenix and saw Spencer Rattler play in high school. That's the only explanation yeah. I
1: have. See, I say this. You know me. I... I think Smith Rattler is going to be really good and very high on OU and we already had this conversation I mean Lincoln Rattler is going to win a national championship at Oklahoma at some point Um, I disagree but go ahead Okay, (laughs) who's the OU fan here (laughs) it's Boomer (laughs) sooner baby Um, Reggie Bush's list Justin Fields 1, Trevor Lawrence 2 Sam Ellinger 3 Bo Nix 4 Tanner Morgan 5
2: Sir. <laughs>
0: Sir. Put down the weed. <laughs> Step off.
1: Step away
0: from the vodka. The weed, duh. Anything you're ingesting, stop ingesting it. Tanner Morgan? Wow. Uh, I mean, I, 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 hot take, I, know, hot take I, I think Tanner Morgan's better than Bonex. <laughs> I, I didn't know Reggie Bush had stock in... In the row the boat trademark. I had no idea that would happen.
1: Wow, Reggie Bush. That's got to be it. Wow. All right. All right. Um, Matt Leiner, Trevor Lawrence, one. Justin Fields, two. Sam Ellinger, three. Kyle Trask, four. Sam Howell, five. This this one to me is probably the closest one to correct, that
0: yeah. I, personally, that I've seen. Now, I, I can understand. Uh, I kind of get it, you know? I think it's more clear one and two. I, it's kind of pick your poison between Ellinger and Trask I just think that we have more faith in a I think Trask Dan is Mullen better run. I
1: get why people pick yeah. Sam Ellinger over him like.
0: exactly and then Matt Leiner just throwing in quarterback of the future
1: Sam Helms I don't mind future uh, Minnesota Vikings Brady Quinn's list oh boy and just prepare yourself Brady Quinn oh boy. No, noted Notre Dame uh, quarterback
0: let's, let's just throw that out there right now okay. former Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn
1: number one Trevor Lawrence Number
0: 2, Justin Fields. Number 3, Ian Book. Pause, <laughs> pause the list. Throw it out. I don't need to see the rest. I don't I don't need to see the rest. Although I do respect it. I respect the homerism. I respect using I mean classroom. yeah, we
1: Get, we, get, we respect get, the collegiate. Yeah, I, mean, I I I get it. Shelling out for the home for the home field team. Like, are you kidding me? If
0: if this was me on there, I would be like Kyle number one, one, Kyle Trask. <laughs> number two, Kyle Trask. Number three,
1: Kyle Trask. Number four, Kyle Trask. Number five, Emery Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Finish his list. His list. The Other one is uh, Sam Ellinger four and Kyle Trask five. Um. Okay. So all right. Just and I, I think reach, Ian okay. Book is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a top five quarterback in college football though.
0: Here's my thing. We, he was a top-five quarterback in college football last year going into the season, and he proved to us that, oh, okay, he's not as good as we thought he was.
1: Not to say he's bad. He's like a top-15 quarterback. quarterback. but Yeah, like...
0: not to say he's bad. Just he's not in that. I would say he's a top-10 quarterback. Yeah, I don't, he's I got a lot of Jake
1: Browning in him.
0: He's got a lot of Jake Browning in him. He's got a lot of... um, Honestly... I think he's a better version, better collegiate version than Jacob Eason. That makes sense. And that's because and that's because Eason didn't stay an extra year to show us his full potential. Agree. So let me clarify that on there. All right, last list. That's what I think.
1: All um, right. Rob Stone. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Number mm-hmm. two, Justin Fields. Number three, Kyle Trask. Number four, Bo Nix. Number five, Sam Howell. Let me throw this at you right now. Two quarterbacks coming
0: off of good freshman seasons. Who do you take as your starting quarterback, Bo Nix or Sam Howell? Sam Howell. So that should answer your question as to who's a better So, I mean, uh,
1: take – put Bo Nix on North Carolina and Sam Howell on Auburn last season. Who has better? Who a better season than – oh Auburn. Auburn Auburn might beat LSU. Yeah, a, that was Auburn, a one-possession game. Yeah, it's like game. who is better than they were that season? Auburn is better Auburn, than Sam Howell. It was a 3 to Auburn. Fairness. It's still a Gus on offense. True, but I think Sam Howell's better.
0: But I still think Sam Howell
1: makes more. Well, he, here's Sam here's,
0: Howell. Sam Howell will take apples and make lemonade. Does that make sense? No,
1: but he will do but, it. But you know what? Screw it. Like he, I mean. Well, here's the thing. Okay, but Bo Nicks with Mac Brown, it could work. It could work. Well, he, here's Definitely. here's my justification. I think that Sam Howell has a shot to be an NFL quarterback. And I love Bonex uh, as as a college player, but does. I don't think Nix has a as a chance to be an NFL quarterback. You Which is it. not you how you it. should evaluate college football quarterbacks. Correct. A lot of people but, get that
0: mistaken. That is not a position where you evaluate based on NFL caliber or not.
1: Yes, but I I do have to say, with it is a factor because I say that because because of the traits that I think Sam Howell has. Sam Howell is reads the field better. He understands mm-hmm. defenses better. Um, he fires at multiple different points of the field. He he leads the team a lot better although Bonix has done that too um, right so those are traits that i think translate to the nfl but also translate to being a good college player so we'll see right um, exactly yeah that's a, that's what i wanted to it's very interesting very interesting i get the, um, i get people who are trying to be like a uh, g and say Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence um, mm-hmm. it's it's one a one b but i think Trevor Lawrence is much, is better
0: i think so and i think of of these seven Different rankings. I think if I had to take one, I would probably take Matt Leinerts which is Trevor Lawrence one, Fields two, Ellinger three, Trask four, Hal five. That's I, I probably agree. The with one that. I would be like, I'll I'll latch on to that one.
1: I agree with that. The most. I see what I see what Urban Meyer's doing though. I see what he's doing.
0: I see you, I Urban, see Meyer. you Urban Meyer. Oh no, no. Here, here, here you, you, you want to know Urban Meyer? This is Urban Meyer right here. One and two, clear. One and two, got it. Three. I think it's a good quarterback that could have a good season. Truthfully, I think can can work. Four, I'm gonna be the USC head coach. I got to put this man down. Five, I got to make sure my Florida fans. are – Urban Meyer's
1: trying to get back in the Florida Ring of Honor. Oh, like, he's, he's he's trying so hard. He's trying. Oh, to, he's trying so hard. Uh, uh, you know, uh, expand your third eye for a moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Activated. Urban Meyer mm-hmm. is waiting for Tom Herman to get fired to take the Texas job.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: No one else has thought about this.
0: Wow. Urban Meyer's covering his bases. With
1: this. <laughs> he's covering his You're bases. So right,
0: he could take either the I, USC or I will, Texas job. One
1: of the two 2006 Rose Bowl <laughs> teams, whichever <laughs> one is more open.
0: So in this in this ranking, he's going clear one and two, three and four are shared by the um, two possible jobs I could have. And then five is I'm going to use my urban, or Dan Mullins, my boy to get back on Mm -hmm. the greatest still Florida fans. Well done. Galaxy brain. Well done, Tyler galaxy brain third. eye activated. Oh man. That was fun. All right, Tyler. I think that wraps up today's episode next week. We've kind of had these conversations. I'm going to confirm it here on the air. I hope you don't hate me for this, but I think next week we're going to begin our, um, imaginary conference realignment. Uh, pretend playoff scenarios we're going to start a series here tyler oh yeah we're going to start a series we're going to talk about um there was a uh, a user on the ncaa football video game called uh reddit page posted a like custom conferences that he had where it was a power seven and then a group of three i think next week we should break that down and then for the next few weeks go ahead and talk about our different conference realignment our dream conference realignment scenarios
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh we can maybe go into how we want to fix the playoffs you and me how about that i like it awesome so that's what's going to be coming up for the next few weeks i think by then tyler the athlon may be out and once the athlon's out we're going full into. y'all know what
1: game. it is y'all know what's. y'all happened. know
0: what time it is y'all know what time it is
1: um Ooh, i can right, wait Tyler, to get my app on
0: i cannot wait either um anything else you want to say before we wrap up this episode
1: uh no just uh other than um it's fun talking it, talking about football again yeah uh, you need it uh in the meantime everyone um be good to each other uh yes do what you can um to help with everything going on help people yep. people safe, help make everyone's lives better. I'm speaking in in very big generalities here. But um, use your voice, voice, use your platform, whatever it is to affect change, to make this world a better place.
0: Whether you sign petitions, like I know Tyler and I have been doing, um, if you have the financial means to donate to organizations um, that are doing the right thing, Uh, if you are going out protesting, uh, do so peacefully and safely. Mm. um, And keep yourself safe because just because... We're out there fighting for equality it does not mean the coronavirus is not out there as well. Yeah. So do so safely as well. Um, all right, Tyler. Well said. I agree. Uh, this has been yet another episode of Sideline. Yes another. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. Yet another. <laughs> and we are not biased, but I think this week, Tyler, we can give it a, a go, Gators.
1: Yeah, buddy. Go, Gators.